If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, if you don't have it, they will uh, come up on a screen. We've been in the middle of a series uh, talking about how do we know the voice of God? How do we learn to hear him speak to us? How do we sense his, his voice in our life? And so just a quick recap, if this is you've not been here a while or this is your uh, first Sunday here, uh, we talked about why would God want to talk to us? Uh, so in the, in the premise scripture, the main scripture for our series is where Jesus said, look, my sheep know my voice. So Jesus tells us we can hear him. I, they know my voice, the voice of the stranger they will not follow. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you have access to the voice of God. And then from that, we learned that why would God want to do that? Well, one, he wants to be in a relationship. This is what sets Christianity apart from all other religions. God is a God who loves us. He doesn't just uh, ask us to know him or, or to learn about him and to behave and to be good. Uh, and if we're good enough, we'll get to heaven. No, he goes to the cross. He does that part for us. And then he saves us from being eternally separated from him. But on this side of eternity, we get to know him him. He wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants to know us. He wants to reveal himself to us. And then we learn, once we learn his voice, once we learn how to hear him, then that gives direction and guidance for our lives. I can attest that as a follower of Jesus, and as I begin to learn to listen to him, I make better decisions as a follower of Jesus. He does guide our life. And the last one that we talked about was that it re he restores our heart. He heals us. His voice wants to release the lies that we may be believing about ourselves or about others or about God. He wants to heal the wounds inside of our hearts and heal the trauma in our life. He's a healer. His voice does all of this. So, And, and then last week we talked about... Um, I can't remember. I'm drawing. Oh, last week was Vision Sunday. That's why I can't remember. That, that was the last one. So I want to talk today about how do we posture our lives to hear God's voice. I think everyone would want to hear God. If you're a follower of Jesus and you might not yet know his voice, this will be a good message for you today because we all have access to his voice. We just don't know it yet. And I think anybody uh, would want to hear his voice and want to hear what he has to say for their life. So the scriptures I've chosen today is uh, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 3. Samuel is a, a young man about 12 or 13 years old. He uh, is being raised by a spiritual father, Eli. Eli is a prophet and a priest to the nation of Israel. It kind of would be like if Billy Graham was still around. He's a you know, prophetic voice and a, a spiritual guidance to our nation. Well, Eli was mentoring Samuel. Samuel, had, even though he had a heart for God, he was serving God at the tabernacle. He was in the presence of Samuel, who was mentoring him and, and showing him spiritual things. He had not yet learned the voice of God. And this story shows us him discovering God's voice. And that's what I've entitled my message today is Uncovering God's Voice. You discover God's voice. You learn his voice. You be, we become acquainted with his ways, and we see Samuel for the first time learning God's voice. And it takes Eli to help him see it. Uh, this is true. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're new to faith, it takes another believer to kind of help you hear and, and, and see or acknowledge God's voice. When I was young in my faith, 19 years old, 19, 20 years old, 
It was Jenny's grandma who helped me connect some dots about God's voice that I didn't know. There was this verse in Philippians that I just kept hearing over several weeks. I'd hear it in a message. I'd read it in my my scripture reading. I'd uh, think about it. I I even remember one morning when I was getting ready for work, I was in the shower, thinking about this word. And then we were at a, a family event, I think a birthday party or something, and Jenny's grandma was there. And I was just, we were talking about God and things. And I tell her about, I've had this weird thing kind of happen to me over the past few weeks. I keep thinking of this verse. And I was telling her all these things I just shared with you. And she said, she chuckled. And she said, you know, that's God talking to you. And I said, what? And she says, yeah, that's his voice. He's, he's trying to get your attention. He's trying, he wants to show you something from that. And that was the first time someone had ever guided me in the ways of hearing the Lord. Well, we see the same thing happen for Samuel. And if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to start out in 1 Samuel uh, 3, verse 2. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he's an, he's an older man, was lying down in his usual place. So it's bedtime. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. So uh, that what that basically tells us, it's the early morning hours because they were requ- the priests were required to keep the lamp going throughout the night. And so it's probably just before dawn sometime. So early, uh, very, very uh, early in the morning. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel, who's about 12, 13 years old, was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, this is key to everything I say today, this verse right here. He was lying down in the house of the Lord. So that's the tabernacle uh, where the ark of God was. That's the presence of God. So he was not an official priest. He should not have been in in that area. But this tells us he was in close proximity to the presence of God where the ark was. And what this tells us is that Samuel was intimate with the Lord. Even though he had not yet learned his voice, he was posturing his heart. And I believe in every commentary I read this week, which is three or four commentaries, all of them highlighted this key verse about him being in close proximity to the presence of God was the very thing that sets him up to hear God. Here's the big idea this week. The key to encountering or uncovering God's voice is intimacy. Intimacy is the key to hearing God. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And so here he is in this close proximity to the presence of God. It goes on to say, then, because he's close to God near the ark, near the presence, then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. So he doesn't even know this is God speaking to him. This could be some of us today that we're hearing God and we don't perceive it. We don't know that, oh, that thought, this this thing that I'm sensing or, or this thing keeps getting repeated in my prayer time and we're not realizing, oh, that's the Lord highlighting something. That's the Lord bringing something. So he runs to Eli, his spiritual father, and says, hey, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So anyone who has a toddler, you can appreciate Eli's frustration. If you have a toddler who gets up before sunrise, and you know if someone wakes you up before you want to get up and you can't go back to sleep, it's irritating. Am I right? I know I'm right. I was taking a nap. This is nothing to do with my message. Uh, The other day, 
And our dog always, when we go take naps, the dog will go and lay somewhere in the room. My wife had gotten up. I didn't know it. Uh, and then my dog starts barking. So I didn't get the nap, right? Like, I got like the 15 minutes or whatever, but I didn't get the deep sleep that I wanted. So irritated the dog. So I appreciate Eli like, hey, you need to go back to bed. Any mom's like, no, it's too early. Go, go watch a cartoon or something. That's what you would do. And don't judge any moms who do that. All right, because we did it. Go, go watch. What was that one Michael always watched? Baby's Day Out. Go watch Baby's Day Out. That was BCR days. You don't even know what that is. Uh, Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I, I, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went to lie down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So now the Lord has spoke two times, and he's running back to wherever uh, Sam, or Eli is sleeping. Now, sit here, verse 7, look at this. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Some of us here, we are in the not yet place in our faith. We're like Samuel, young in our faith, or maybe just haven't grown in faith. Because I do think some of us can be Christians for decades and decades and be, you know, older and have never yet learned this. Because we're immature in our faith or immature in our walk. We don't believe God can speak. And so therefore we don't encounter him. But if you're in the not yet place, you, this message is for you. Because he does speak and he does have something to say to us. You're just in a not yet place, but you're getting there. And I'll just say this. If you feel like, Pastor Mike, I feel like I've been in the not yet place for years now, and I'm wanting to get to the place, well, then you just keep pressing, and hopefully today we'll unlock something for you. So he said, uh, verse 7 said he did not yet know. Verse 8, a third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. Samuel is having the same experience that I had 20-some years ago when I needed someone to guide me in the ways of hearing the voice of the Lord. I had not yet known. I was hearing God, but I didn't know it was God. And uh, so he has someone that's guiding him along. Verse 10 says, then, or, or verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak. For your servant is listening. So today I want to talk to you about how to uncover God's voice like this. If you're in a not yet place, how do you get to the place? How do we posture our hearts to encounter God and to encounter his voice and to learn to hear? Because what we see here is Samuel learning to hear God. And he takes Eli coaching him a little bit. So I'm going to share three thoughts today and how to uncover it. And these three thoughts come from this story, but I, I want to tell you not just because I we read it, but because I've experienced it too. There are kind of two ways we know things to be true. One is history, right? 
We, we know a lot of historical facts. We, we know about the Revolutionary War. We know about Abraham Lincoln. We historically know these things to be true. And the other way is through experience. So the three things that I'm sharing today is from experience and from biblical history. So how do we uncover God's voice? How do we position our hearts to uncover his voice? The, the big idea around all three of these is intimacy. That's the, 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 the way to process this is intimacy is the key to encountering God. Number one is this. Believe. You can throw it up. Believe he wants to speak to you. This is huge. If you have no faith to hear the voice of God, then you are not going to hear his voice. And there's these big lies that we believe. Most of the time, it's not that we can't hear him. It's not that we are incapable of hearing him. It's that we don't believe he wants to speak. You are capable, but we believe the lie that maybe we're not good enough or, or you know, that's for, you know, you know, package A Christians, but I'm more package D. I got the basic package, which is the Bible, maybe church. And like, no, no, no. There is, like, we are all sons and daughters of God, and he wants to speak to us, but we must believe it. It's a little bit like an atheist saying, well, if God reveals himself to me, then I'll believe. I believe it when I see it. Well, you, you'll never encounter him. It's impossible to encounter God without faith. When I was a little boy, I can't remember, probably pre-teens or just around, you know, somewhere around 11, 12 years old, my parents had some new friends over that they had just met, uh, and I can't remember if they played cards that night, but I was a weird kid. I was always the little kid that, like, hung out with the adults when all, all the other kids played, so I would, like, sit under the table, like, lay down on the floor under the table to listen to the adults. I love to listen to adults. Well, this, I remember we were just new to our faith as a family, so I know I was over 10 because of that piece. So I'm probably 10 or 11 years old. And, the, and this couple, their mom and dad, because they're new to each other, they're like, you know, how'd you meet? You know, they're getting all the uh, kind of the preliminary things of relationships out of the way. And then God came up, and my mom and dad were talking about their faith. and. This couple said, well, we're atheists. There was no animosity. There was no, you know, nothing disgruntled about this. But he's like, we're atheists. And I remember laying under the table, laying under the table, listening to this conversation, the dad or this guy say, you know, here's my view. If God is real, then he will reveal himself to me so I don't have to worry about it. If he doesn't reveal himself to me, then he doesn't exist. And even though I had no theology, even though I had never read the Bible, something in me as a little boy knew yeah, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen for him because it's impossible. And it's the same. Some of us have an atheist view of hearing God. I hear him if he wants me to. Can I tell you something? You're never going to hear him because it doesn't please his heart because you don't believe he wants to talk to you. Think about it in terms of a relationship. Do you remember like in elementary school, Someone will come up to you, do you like so-and-so? And you're like, why? And they're like, well, I heard, I heard she likes you. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, you have faith to go approach her now. You're like, oh, I go, but could you imagine if you're like, you know, whatever. She wants to come 
hang out with me, then that'll be fine. No, it, it, when you learn that someone may like you as an as a, as a, uh, elementary school, you're like, oh, now all of a sudden I like them, right? What's well, true because you have faith for it. It's like something's arrived and awakened in you for this. Some of us have this view that God only, if he's going to speak, he's, he, he'll just tell me. Look, look at this verse in uh, Hebrews 11.6. Without what? Faith. This word in the Greek literally means persuaded, convinced, confidence in. It's literally what it means. If you take it down to the base root of that Greek word, it means to have confidence in. It means that you're persuaded, you're convinced. Without being persuaded, without being convinced, I'm not convicted. If you don't have the conviction without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is why an atheistic view will never encounter God. This is even, you can have faith for some areas, and God will honor that, and no faith in other areas, and you wonder, why can't I seem to get that right? Do you have an atheistic view? Do you have bad theology about that? Because if you don't have faith for it, you're not going to encounter that. So without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him, right, that's prayer. Anyone who wants to approach him must believe. There it is. got to believe he wants to do this for you, that he exists. Now watch. And he rewards you. This is his voice. This is his presence. What does he reward us with? Heaven? Not just heaven. He rewards what? Those who earnestly seek him. If you want to encounter God's voice, you want to hear his voice for your life, Believe it. Believe he wants to talk to you. Believe he wants to say something to you. Believe he has a word for you. There are some reasons or some false beliefs about hearing God, and here's one. God only speaks through scriptures. I don't need to hear his voice. I got the Bible, and that's good enough for me. You know, nowhere in scriptures does the Bible say God only speaks through scripture. This is God's word. It is alive, and it can be a voice to us, and often is. It's not the only way he speaks. Because how did the patriarchs of Old Testament saints do it without scriptures? Because they wrote it. <laughs> and how did, we, how did they get the New Testament? They had to hear God. The New Testament came because the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. So one of the ways, this is new, I just heard someone say this, Bob Hamp say this in, in a teaching and, I, and I, I tend to agree with it. This is the menu. God's the meal. This, this book helps us know how to engage, know how to live out faith, know how, but it's not the meal itself is God. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants to go to, and it's just because I'm a red meat guy and don't judge me, but I like red meat, and is Texas Roadhouse. And, and, and they're, yes, Am I right, brother? The rolls. Oh, it's just as good as the steak, the butter. You feel, you feel like you sinned when you leave Texas Roadhouse because it's so good. This is too good. It's just too good. So have you ever got a menu at a restaurant, and as you're reading the menu, something hits you. It's like, that sounds good. And now your appetite has awakened 
That's what God's word is. It's to awaken our appetite to the real thing. The menu doesn't give you the steak. The steak's the steak. And the Bible, even though it is God's word written to us, his presence is the real meal. His voice is the voice. So the truth is that God does speak through scriptures, but it's not the only way. In fact, listen to this. This won't be on the screen, but it's John 5, 39 through 40. He says this to religious people. Jesus says this. You study scriptures diligently because you think that in them they have eternal life. And they do. But their approach to it was wrong. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. That's what he's saying. Like You missed it if you don't realize I'm the reason for this. That's what he's saying. Yet you refuse to come to me. He's like, how is it possible that you're reading the very book I created and yet not coming to me for life? Another false belief about hearing God is only special people can hear it. Here's the truth. Our our theme scripture is my sheep know my voice. We all can hear him. Uh, It could be fear of insecurity or we don't think that we can. So the answer is start believing. If you believe the lie that you cannot hear God, Recognize, just repent and say, Father, forgive me for believing the lie that I can't hear you because he wants to talk to you. He, he, you can know God in an intimate way. And that's what we read earlier when he says he, he rewards those who diligently seek him. That may, that's another word for intimacy. Girls like intimacy. Guys, a better word for you would be like hanging out. Like hanging out with God in your prayer time is the key to encountering his voice. When guys hang out, we don't use the word intimacy because it's weird to us, but, it, it's, uh, but it's what we're doing. It, when, we, when we get real with each other, it's, it's intimate. How do we uncover God's voice? How do we posture our heart? Well, the key is intimacy, seeking him, hanging out with him. Number two, have an unforced rhythm of being with God. Have an unforced rhythm of being with God. I think most of us get the devotion piece. It's kind of the wrong way of looking at it if we say, I make time for God, or we view our devotion as a checklist for a day, or, you know, like, I guess I gotta read my Bible, I gotta pray, and you view it as a chore, that's a forced relationship. And it needs to be unforced. You need to have the rhythm. That's why I say an unforced rhythm of encountering God's voice. It's not a chore. He wants us to always be available. Always be present for him. I have a, a, a scheduled phone call at 9 a.m. every Thursday with a, a friend of mine that I've known, uh, gosh, 15 plus years. Every uh, Thursday morning at 9, 9 a.m., we, we have a scheduled phone call. He's a pastor in another city, and we work together in Kalamazoo, and we share life together. We, sh- we, we, you know, we share our struggles. We share what we're processing. We talk about ministry. We talk about family. We just talk about life, and, and we always kind of get to, like, what's the highlight of the week? What's the low of the week? So we're fleshing out our journey together, and every Thursday, it speaks to us. It ministers. It brings life. It's a rhythm. Every Thursday, we have a rhythm of getting together. It's not forced, but here's, here's what was crazy about this. The reason why we did it is because we could never find time to connect, so we had to create a scheduled piece 
to have this constant dialogue. One Saturday, and I can't remember what it was, but Jen and I, we were at a family function. This was in the last year. Uh, we, had, we had this thing. We were in Battle Creek at, at family. And I see a text. It's like 9 at night, Saturday night. And here's what I know. Something's wrong. He doesn't say something's wrong in the text. But because I'm getting a text at 9 at night on a Saturday something's wrong. And so I tell Jen, like, hey, can we go? Could we have been there? You know, the thing was done, but we're just talking at that point. So we get in the car, and, and I immediately call him because I know something's off. And you, it's off when you're a pastor in Saturday night because you should be, you know, the, he had a, a leadership thing blow up in his face, and it, it was very complicated, and he's disturbed, and, now he's, and he can't find his peace, and he's like processing all of this, just, and he's got to preach the next day, so that's another added element to this. And here's my point. Even though we have a Thursday scheduled rhythmic reading, we have an unforced relationship, which means because we're friends and because we're in covenant with each other, we can lean into each other at any time we want. It's not forced. And if you want to uncover God's voice, first, believe he wants to talk. Second, have an unforced rhythmic to your relationship with him. And say, God, I'm always available. We see this in the story, right? Eli, or Samuel, is encountering God just before dawn. And then we learn he becomes a prophetic voice to the nation of Israel as an adult. But he first had a rhythm of being in the presence of God. So have your daily Bible reading, your daily prayers. You should do that. That's the rhythm. But if it's a chore, and even if you approach it like, I got to do this so I hear, it's the wrong approach. You get to do it. And it's a flip that script. You don't have to do it. You get to. You get to be in the presence of the Almighty. And if you take it from that approach, you can even have mornings where you don't read. This happens to me occasionally where I just sense the Lord say, don't read, just sit with me. It's unforced. And sometimes I want to force it. Like, no, I got, I got my version daily Bible reading app, Lord, and here's where I'm at today. And I sense, don't read that today, just be with me. If you want to hear God's voice, and, and, and you may have that unbelief piece, then just tell him, like, Lord, I actually struggle here. I want to believe. Help me. He will. And then just tell him, I don't want to force this. I just want to be in your presence. This is how you do it. Look at this verse in Isaiah 50, verse 4. He awakens me morning by morning. There's the rhythm. Morning by morning. Awakens my ear to listen. There's the speaking. Like one being... You see, Isaiah... Jesus told us, my sheep know my voice. The script John tells us that he gives us the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to show us, to reveal us things to come. John says he will reveal things to come. Every morning, he's awakening you. And he's saying something. But we might not know it. So what do we do? We believe he wants to, and we, we develop the rhythm, but we must approach it with an unforced mentality. It's not because I have to. It's because he wants, it's an invitation from him. Number three is this. This is the last one. How are we positioning our hearts? We're believing, 
We're developing a rhythm of just being with God because the key is intimacy. And the last one is this. Uncover how he may want to speak to you. Uncover how he may want to speak to you. Three times, four times actually, three times of Samuel going to Eli and he's not picking up this auditory thing he's hearing is God. He uncovered it. Eli helped him to discover God's voice. And you have to uncover his voice for your life. And how may he speak? Because God will usually speak in the way that he knows you're going to receive. Kind of like the five love languages. Anybody hear the five love languages? I don't know them off the, or like all by heart, but I'll take a stab at it. Quality time, acts of service, gifts. I got three. Physical touch. See, that's her. She knew it right away. Physical touch. Yep. Okay. I got it. Get it. All right. Words of affirmation. Some of you, you feel loved. Don't say anything. Just hug me. COVID's been tough for you. <laughs> Some of us, it's words of affirmation. You don't, that's mine. You don't ever have to touch me. Just tell me how awesome I am. Like, You're awesome. Oh, I feel so loved, right? Some of us, it's, uh, some of it, you know, it's like, no, it's just quality time. Let's watch a movie. We're going to, I'm not, we're not going to touch. We're not going to touch. We're going to spend time. You might snuggle, but you know, uh, some of us, it's a gift. Like, man, you show up and it could be anything. You're like, oh, you thought of me and like the flowers or whatever you get. It just speaks to you. I have a friend. Once I read that book, it was like, Dude's love language is gifts. That guy, I always wonder, like, why is he always giving me things? And then I knew, like, oh, that's his love language. It's the same with God's voice. There's a way you hear based on how you are, and he knows. So uncover what it is. I'm going to give you kind of the three main ones. These have an ebb and flow to them, right? Just like the five love languages, there's an ebb and flow. Like, we all need to be touched, right? We all need quality time with other people. We all appreciate gifts. We have a primary one, and we still encounter the other four. It's the same here. There's a primary way God speaks with you, but all three of these you will encounter him in some way. So here's what they are. I'll say it a couple of times. Auditory, which is hearing a word or a phrase in your mind, a sentence. Visual, this is a picture. This is a vision. This is a memory. This is an imagination. And kinesthetic. This is you're feeling something, a prompting, a touch, a sense. The three primary ways you will hear God is auditory, visual, all in your mind, or kinesthetic. This is how God talks to us. There's all kinds of biblical examples for all of these. The auditory is right here. We just read the auditory one. Samuel heard God in an auditory way. And I don't mean... We don't know if it was external or internal, but he heard the Lord say Samuel, and he gives a prophetic word to him. So hearing God or a word or phrase in your mind. So eight, nine years ago in my daily rhythm with the Lord, I would go to my devotion, and one morning a friend's picture, friend's face came into my mind, and I heard bitter was the word I heard. Just one word, bitter. And I didn't think that was the Lord. I actually thought that's weird. And But for a couple of weeks, I went in my devotion time, I would be with the, and I had my Bible, I'd be in my prayer time, and I would see this guy's face, and I'd hear the word bitter. And this happened five or six times over a two-week period. 
And finally, I remember it was a Friday, a Thursday, or a Friday. It was the end of the week. And, uh, I'm, I'm, and it was always when I'm in proximity of God's presence. So I'm in my prayer time. I'm in my devotion time. And I see his face again. And I hear the word bitter. And it like clicks. Like, God's talking to me. Because every time, I, and what, what made me click was I kept thinking, it's so weird that every time I sit down to read my Bible and pray, I see his face and I hear this word. And I'm like, oh, the Lord's telling me something. So I get on the phone and he was on a business trip to Mexico. And I call him up and I say, hey, I know this may be weird. And, and if I'm off, you know, I'm just off. But I feel like the last few weeks, every time I get with the Lord, I, I've seen your face and I heard the word bitter. And he said, oh my gosh, Mike. He said yes, and he started unpacking this kind of thing in his life where he's developed bitterness towards a certain person. We prayed together. like He was praying about it, but what ended up being is God used me as a friend. He used a friend to be the answer. And so that person you're thinking of, or that always like, why am I always thinking about them? Or why did I all of a sudden have this thought to give somebody a call or shoot them a text? Uh, you could be hearing God. Have you ever had someone call you and bring up something you've been thinking about and you say, so funny you bring that up? It's not funny. It's the Lord. You know, I was just thinking, right? <laughs> no, you were just hearing and didn't know it. And obviously, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, there is our voice, so sometimes it is us. But don't discredit the Lord when it is him. So here, I was hearing two ways. I was seeing a face and a word. I was auditory, bitterness, and I seen his face, visual. Kinesthetic. You see that, I, careful with kinesthetics because we don't want to be led by feelings. But sometimes God will use our feelings to get our attention. All right, we see this in Acts 15, when it says it seemed good, that's a feeling thing. In the Greek, it was a, they sensed it. It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit, right? So you see this in the book of Acts, the sensing that the Lord was doing something. So it was about two years ago, around this time of year. It's kind of cold outside. I was getting ready to drive to church early Sunday morning. And I see this couple walking down my driveway, approaching me as I was putting our stuff in the car. And this woman is bleeding like it looked like I, I wondered if the guy with her had beat her like this is the first like oh my gosh did this guy just beat this woman so we're walking up my driveway it's early Sunday morning and I'm sitting there like what's happening and I uh, and her head is swollen and they're like hey can you give us a ride somewhere and a boldness came over me uh, all of a sudden this guy could have whooped me if it, I know it's hard to believe that <laughs> He's bigger than me. And uh, so, but there was a boldness on me, and I said, uh, I'm not taking you anywhere. I got to take her to the hospital. I mean, she needed medical attention. And so, and uh, I said, Get in my car. I'll take you to the hospital. Now, we live in Parma, so it's east to get to Henry Ford Health System. And so, and it's east to get to church. Every Sunday morning, ever for the last four years, We've always drove east to get to church. The only way to get church is east. If I go west, we're hitting Kalamazoo. All right, so one way to get here. So they get in my car. Jen jumps in. I say, hey, we get, this woman needs a medal. We got to get her to the hospital. And so I get in my, our car, and I'm getting ready to pull out. And this is not a processing thing. 
I just felt go right, go east. And there was a quick moment where I had a little internal dialogue with the Lord. Like, that's the wrong way to go. But I heard it again, go right. So I turned right. Just seemed like I was supposed to go right. So we're driving down our road. We hit the stop sign. And there are two police cars right there. And I'm thinking, I got a suspicion that these two cop cars have something to do with the two people in the back of my car. And I said, oh, good news. There's the cops. And the girl was like, and so I pull up to the, and I tell the police officer, hey, a couple of this woman needs medical attention. Like what had happened is she had jumped out a moving car. And, uh, and this guy had a warrant for his arrest and they had broken into someone's house in our neighborhood. How did I know to go right? The Lord is kinesthetic. And I didn't say, oh, that's a pure coincidence. No, it's not a coincidence. I never drive east to get to something that's west. It's irrational. Unless it's the Lord telling you to do something that seems contrary to what you want to do, but to get you to where you need to get to. So this is, next week we're going to talk about ways he speaks. But today I wanted this. This is how you position your heart to hear God. How? Number one, believe he wants to talk to you. He does. Two, have an unforced rhythm with your relationship with him. If you miss the morning session with God, he's not mad. You have all, you, in your car, say, Lord, I missed it. Pray to him. All afternoon, all evening, he is with you. And three, Figure out how he speaks. Let's do that now. We're going to take one minute. What did Samuel do? He said, here I am. I'm listening. So let's do that. We're here. Let's listen. And just ask, Lord, how do you want to speak? How would I sense your voice? Something like that. How do you want to speak? Just tell him. Some of you, you're seeing a memory. You're, you're, you're hearing a word, a phrase, or a sentence. Some of us, we're picturing someone in our mind. Some of you, that's not happening, but you feel good. You're here. You're just like, I just feel okay. That's his peace, and he's speaking to you kinesthetically. So, Father, I pray as we go today, increase our faith to hear your voice. Lord, help us develop unforced ways with you so we can be with you. And, Father, uncover the way you speak to us, just like you did for Samuel. I pray for all the young Samuels in the room who have not yet known your voice. I pray there's an awakening for them, an excitement that you're going to speak. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.